welcome to Sherapy Sessions, Cutting Toxic Family Ties. My name is Dr. Sherry Campbell, and I'm your host. I am a leading expert in the niche of toxic family abuse, and although my show cannot substitute for therapy, it is a survivor-based show. In me, you're not only going to get an expert, but you're also going to get a survivor, as I have also survived toxic family abuse. I know how hard it is. The goal I have is to give voice to the voiceless, to provide skills, to help you to protect your peace, to stand your solid ground, and to navigate and heal the heartbreaks caused by toxic family. Please have a pen and paper available to give voice to your thoughts as you listen to each show. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for your bravery. So let the healing begin. Welcome back, everyone. It is Dr. Sherry. We are here on Sherpy Sessions Cutting Toxic Family Ties, and we are going through a special bonus episode right now on holiday hoovering and how to handle this. So the time period between Halloween and Valentine's Day is a time when us survivors of family abuse end up in what's called the Hoover, as you are very well educated by this point. The holidays are a time, obviously, that we want to relax with family and our genuine friends. We want to feel love and warmth and not the nightmare of our sociopathic family members bothering us from the sidelines. So understand that this is their favorite time of year, and we'll explain why in a greater detail than previous podcasts. But just if you can, from November through December, you know, it's it's a hard time of year, especially there. And you're normal. There's nothing wrong with you. You're a very sweet human being and you have a good heart. And so it's very easy to be prey at this time and also to miss the family we wish we had. That is something that sort of comes up for me every holiday is I don't miss the family I have, but I certainly miss the family I wished they could be. So regardless of our levels of contact, many of us experience our abusive family members to circle back at these times of year just to see if they can kind of get a taste of the temperature or if they can catch our attention, affection, trying to see, gauge where our emotional attachments are, how strong we are or not, because they want to fill the psychological void that they feel, not us, they're not doing this for us or because they really want us around, but they definitely want the billboard to look good. So this is why it starts in October, because they know that Thanksgiving's coming, you know, Hanukkah's coming, Christmas is coming, and they really want this to look good. So I have a patient right now who hardly ever hears from her mother, um, maybe once every couple months until October comes along, and then she hears from her mom every week, and then she hears from her grandfather on that side and it all starts. So again, I just want you to remember that they're not reaching out because they want you, that they, their love has changed for you or they've somehow grown love for you. They're not here to repair the relationship long-term. It's just a superficial band-aid. They need your presence at these holidays like a transaction so they can prevent exposure that someone in their family refuses to be around them in their abuse. All their needs really are self-serving and very sinister. They literally cannot function without their perpetual needs for attention and looking good to others. But for this reason, they view the holidays as huge events because this is the time when they want to look the most perfect. They will go all out in many ways to make their home look perfect, have the, you know, the holiday event just all set up. They tend to be very, you know, 
I'm going to have this perfect event all at the same time demanding that everybody else kind of do it for them. You know, abusers are known to ruin special events. So again, they will hoover around the holidays. Again, typically after a period of silent treatment, like I just explained with my patient, what happens is it, it, it gets in us as the survivor and it spins around this cognitive dissonance that we have all these shoulds around family. And then we get very confused when they start hoovering and we just wish they'd go away. But we start to feel they kind of vanish without explanation and they show up again at the holidays and it makes our boundaries feel murky. Like we thought that they were respecting these boundaries for the silent treatment, but they really weren't. So I just want you to remember that your perpetrating family members, they, they don't compromise. They, they don't reflect on their own accountability. They don't even consider that they've silenced you out for months at a time. They want what they want right now. And that's all that they think about. They don't think about the months before when they were hardly talking to you. They lack depth, they have no empathy, and they don't have the compassion required to have a healthy relationship with you. They know that deep down that we do need and want that validation from them, that we crave sort of understanding what went wrong in the relationship because we tried so hard for it. But we're really just a source of supply. We just, we have to be a part of their transactional world because they idealize this image. They fall in love with this family image during the holidays more than any other time of the year. So they idealize you and it gets them a bit high in a way psychologically. So they want to win you back all of a sudden. So I call holidays a few things. One of those is hunting season. It's a prime time for them to circle back like a shark and test our waters for lifeblood. They circling back is, is the best part. And they're idealizing you, so they're like frothing at the mouth to get this image perfect. They come at us at the holidays because we're more vulnerable right now. We kind of romanticize relationships. We're buying presents for all these people that we love. Uh, a lot of us can sort of feel very lonely as well at this time. We can kind of develop a selective amnesia. We can start to say, oh, it wasn't that bad. Um, it could be worse. Maybe going back there is better than being totally alone if you are alone. I had a few years of being very alone after holidays and feeling that way, irregardless of that I have very special people in my life because I was alone without my family for those first few years. Not that the holidays were ever good, but it was just all I knew and all of that's very normal. But they can't really stand losing center stage. And this is why in this idealizing phase gets kicked up. They, we, if we're not there, it deadens the prettiness, it deadens the spotlight. So they use holidays to become relevant again because they probably know we're feeling sentimental. They love to just restock because they think of us as a thing and not as a human being. They don't understand why they can't just waltz back in when they feel like it. And for us, it's super annoying. It's so disturbing and it's dangerous for us. It can land us back to square one. And that's so common, you guys, as you're trying to heal from toxic family abuse. Even outside of the holidays, they can trick you and you can feel like, I'm back to square one. I feel like I've made no progress. I'm back in all my wounds. No, you are making progress. If you've made it a certain amount forward, you can make it there again much quicker. So let's be clear. Holiday hoovering puts us in a bitter twist and a gut-wrenching anxiety into our holiday season. We're put in a very bad position because there's always triangles involved and it's torture. And they love this and it's why they are the ones that sort of invented holiday hoovering. Again, they prey on our sentiment and our vulnerability at these times. 
But what they say and do to get us back in, whatever promises they make, the begging we get, some of us will get begging for forgiveness, but there's no apology in that same message. So they're not really sorry. So they don't really care what they did, but they want you to forgive. And they use the word forgiveness, but they're not sorry. So that all becomes very tricky. They're just here to restock. And that's why it's hunting season. They're just using you. They really don't do anything just because, I mean, they ha- they're agenda oriented. They're not relationship oriented. So if we just boil it down to, oh, they're just trying, they're, they're really not trying. They have an agenda that's much deeper than trying. They're inconsiderate. They act like boundaries have never been set. It's a shock to them. Then they involve their flying monkeys. They involve other family members. They involve anyone to try and help get you to feel bad. So they're not motivated by love. And holiday hoovering is never motivated by loving you, missing you, really wanting you around because they live just fine silencing you out the rest of the year, sending you threats around certain things over the years. If it's money or, you know, you're hurting people and, you know, I'm going to cut you off or if you wouldn't even care if I died. I mean, we've all heard it all. So nothing's motivated by love that's only motivated by their needs. So they are pathological users, liars, and predators. And you cannot forget this. I know the holidays soften our hearts, but they are, again, they are pathological users, liars, and predators. You are only there to service what they need. Again, they're not hoovering because they want a connection with you. So holiday hoovering, it really does happen for very specific reasons. Again, the number one reason is because they want to feign, they want second chances with you, and they'll use that languaging, and that'll cause secondary abuse because the people around you would be like, oh my God, they just want a second chance. You should give it to them. But the holidays, they're just going to prey on our compassion, and the easiest emotion to manipulate during the holidays and really any other time of the year is guilt. They love our guilt. They love our capacity to feel guilt. They feel none. They feel zero guilt, zero shame. And that's why they don't like their own kind because they can't manipulate their own kind. So they like us. Guilt makes us incredibly vulnerable. It's extremely painful to see the dark reality of what's really going on in these holiday hoovering hijackings. Not only is it possible to see the truth of what they're up to, but if we we have to see it, if we ever want to make a full recovery in our lives and not have our holidays hijacked for the remainder of our lives, the sentimentality and all the guilt and all how that lines up is what they hunt for because many of them will win by doing this. I was definitely no contact, but my mom would send very sadistic gifts out. They'd be broken. They'd be missing pieces. And I would just ignore them and I would not respond. And the cards were so passive aggressive and cryptic, but written sort of sicky sweet. So if someone else saw it, they wouldn't see the abuse. And so I just started, you know, I I ended up having her stop sending things uh, because she sent a very cryptic gift to my daughter on her 16th birthday to hurt me. And if you're going to try to use my kid, it's done. So they sort of pushed themselves out, but they 
that's shocking when then they hoover again, because we felt like that was really clear. Like, I never want to deal with you again, let alone on the holidays. And they just waltz back in like those conversations never happened. So let's talk about the tactics, especially if you're not full no contact and you're more low or cordial contact. Be prepared for the end of October to have some dominant, the most dominant toxic person hoovering. Uh, again, flying monkeys are enlisted. They are acting innocent as if they're just checking in with you. They're not innocent. All forms of contact with these people and their tactics, they're riddled with guilt and covert slights to try and bully us back in, but not be so overt about the bullying that, that other people might notice so that we would get encouraged by secondary abuse from other people to help us go back there. Again, they'll give dramatic pleas for forgiveness, making you the mean guy to prey on your guilt. They'll act out on social media horribly. They'll send dramatic messages to you or even cards or invites. One of their favorite tactics is to feign a crisis, some kind of crisis on why you have to come home over the holidays. Someone's ill, someone's sick, someone's injured. You have to come home. They have no money, whatever they might feign. They gaslight uh, you by pretending everything's fine. There's never been any conflict between the two of you. They will hoover our children if they can. And whether this is an aunt or an uncle or a grandparent, a cousin, they'll try to use your children against you to hurt you. That's the worst. And when you don't comply, their tactics change. So then they'll go very public to play the victim by igniting a smear campaign about you and demanding everyone abandon you if you do not attend the holiday events. What a bad family member you are. And then they will add pressure to you from all angles to try to make it impossible for you to say no. They definitely seek information about you from people close to you. And they will do other things like butt dial. All of a sudden, they accidentally called you when you haven't heard from them for months. Or they'll say, oh, did you just call me? No, I didn't just call you. And they will also, if they're not winning in any of these other tactics, they'll make bold promises of changing their behavior. So they won't change. And that's the hard part. And when they're doing it at this at the holidays, you would never have more hope for that to be true than at that time. So let's jump into some how-tos and boundaries to set. First, identify patterns. Over time, you may start to recognize these hoovering patterns. I certainly did. Take note of them because then you can prepare yourself. My first few holidays were genuinely very confusing because they weren't speaking to me. They didn't, they cut me off for like eight months. And then all of a sudden they're back at the holidays as if literally nothing happened. So it it took me a few years to figure out all this stuff. But what I did do correct in the next how-to is to prioritize your mental health and emotional self-care. You have to remember, you didn't want them in your lives before this time of year because you know that they come in to try to ruin anything. So it's not going to make it better to have them in now simply because they've activated your guilt. So self-care is so important maintain your boundaries because that helps you maintain your well-being and your balance so that you can be emotionally available to your own children, to who your friends, your family, what other family you have, and, and all the things. You want to be as a, as present to everybody, rejuvenated, confident, and rested. So you got to put you first. And then maybe if they're really bothering you, you either don't respond at all to what they do. You can hide their preferences. You know, you can hide being able to see notifications if they message you and you can block them. But either way, I would try to limit as much contact as possible. 
especially on the social media accounts and other things. And then also anybody who they would involve in your hoovering, their friends or other family, I would make sure that you set your boundaries that you're not going to respond if they bring this to you. But I would also avoid bad mouthing them because you want to aim to take the higher road in the sense that it just perpetuates conflict and what you're trying to stop is the conflict. And even if you really trust this person in front of you, my God, it can be so tempting when they enlist other people to tell your side. That's exactly why they've enlisted these other people. So you will tell your side. So you will vent. And then all that's going to happen is the telephone game starts going and they're going to hear anything that you said and they're going to embellish that. And then you've set yourself up now for a real problem. So if you set boundaries, after that, shut your mouth, use your feet, stay where your feet are. And then when people really call or even them, I would really try to stay as neutral as possible. If you have to engage, I want you to hold on to yourself. I want you to make a commitment to avoiding getting argumentative and defensive. If you feel yourself getting there, I think you announce, I'm stopping this conversation right now because I'm telling you as tempting as it is to want to get in there and fight because we're all human, this strategy only perpetuates their abuse in your life. Another how-to, please keep reminding yourself that this is not your fault. You're not a bad person for setting healthy self-care boundaries on abusive family members, even if they blame you incessantly for every problem in the relationship. I mean, the most sadistic abuser in my family was telling me, damn, you need some serious therapy as she's abusing me. <laughs> so the irony is just laughable. Ground yourself with feelings and experiences that affirm your side of the story. You know your experience. No one can take that from you. It is real. It did happen. And it is bad enough to be labeled as abuse. In some cases, some of our sadistic family members get so out of control that our safety can become compromised. If that happens, then you may need to call your local law enforcement and try to help them to help you with the boundaries. I would really use that as a last resort because at the end of the day, it does kind of feed their ego if they got you that upset, but sometimes they can be so threatening and so scary that you have no other choice. Survivors of psychological abuse, all of us listening today, it's important to sort of ramp up your efforts and really sort of insulate your boundaries around no contact or very definitive low contact. And you need to surround yourself with your family and friends who get it, who understand what you've gone through, who see it. You do have them. They are there. And you need those people at this time to support you, to show you empathy, compassion, and integrity, and that honesty and the accountability and the reciprocity and the protection that you deserved. You know, all of those aforementioned things I just talked about, those are so key to a healthy relationship. I also recommend that you keep a very busy calendar during this time of year so that you are doing stuff for you that's productive you're keeping up with your workouts, you're still meeting your friends, you're having some coffee, you're going on hikes, you're getting outside, you're talking to your therapist, you're surrounding yourself in healthy social media sites, you're writing in your journal, you're going to yoga, all of those things. Don't lose those things during the holidays because a healthier and more grounded and balanced you keep your life, then once this, this foreign hoovering comes in out of nowhere, you're better equipped to handle it. 
I also think that our support networks, another how-to, going back to being around those people that you love, but also being on a podcast like this or groups like my Facebook page or having books like mine and, and other experts out there, you can be very comforted by the information and the knowledge to remind you it's so easy to get selective memory around the holidays like it was stated before and we've had so many traumatic losses when it comes to family because the abuse has been so so bad so surround yourself with your journal the books all the knowledge that can speak health into you and speak confidence into you and speak success over you and speak love over you and compassion and validation when we are mourning <laughs> the family we wished we had had, it's okay to feel super sad at the holidays that we have family members that just want to destroy our peace and our happiness. And I, I, I have in the past written letters to those family members that I then burned ceremoniously so that I could just let their energy go, even if they weren't hoovering me, just the idea of them that they could at some point in my healing, in my seven-year journey of no contact so far, was something that helped me to prepare for it. It helped me to vent out all the things I'd like to say to them that it would be pointless to say to them. So that's another how-to. In addition, you have to remind yourself that I would make a list of all the crazy things that have happened. So if you worry about the selective memory taking over, whether you write a letter or make a list, I think that's happy. And then I would say, if you do have to attend an event because you're sort of in the middle on, on contact, if you have to do that, I would arrive a little late and I'd leave a little early. And I'd stay busy with chores like setting the table, washing the dishes. I mean, I would just stay out of the conversations and away from the people that could lead to the most drama. And I would not use your mouth very much that night. I would stay quiet. And if someone says, wow, you're pretty quiet, um, you can just say, oh, I'm just distracted doing the dishes and get out of that conversation. If you don't know how to tell your family, if you're early on and you don't know how to tell them that you're not going to be joining them for the holidays, I just want to warn you that you have to understand there's no conflict-free way to do this. We all seem to search for the conflict-free way because we feel so scared to tell them, but there, there isn't one. So you just have to feel that fear and just set your boundaries anyway. And I would use the fewest amount of words that you can. So I would be very direct that you have other plans and that you cannot attend their holiday events this year. If they start guilting you and they start with that guilt storm, I would simply say, I understand you're upset, but these are my plans this year and they're not changing. And then I would end the conversation there. And those strategies are very helpful. I really do think that information can be incredibly soothing during this time of year. It's okay to grieve the family that you wish you'd had. And you could even really wish they were the same person but with different personalities. And being around other people's families too can trigger that wound. It can make you feel even more lonely. As you watch them talk and joke around, I talk a lot about this in my book, Adult Survivors of Toxic Family Members, kind of viewing into like, there is none of that in your life. You don't have uh, your loved ones doing this with you and joking with you and having fun banter with you over the holidays because not everybody has that Hallmark image family. In fact, so many of us don't. I would never have been selected for a TEDx talk if we were all so alone. So we aren't alone. So hop on pages like mine for comfort, listen to podcasts like this, read books, all the things that affirm to you that you're not alone 
and that you are doing the right thing by setting self-care boundaries over these holidays. And that is our Sherby session for the day. Hope you can use it well. And until next time, be well, take care of you. Well, Bravehearts, that concludes our amazing Sherby session for the day. Please sign up on my email list at drsherrycampbell.com so that you can be in touch with me and see what's going on in terms of what I'm offering soon, what books are coming out, etc. Talk to you in a couple of weeks.